What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Optimize You podcast, the place where we're providing you guys with as much value as possible in order to help optimize you. Health, nutrition, fitness, wellness, mindset, everything in between. And today we got my guest and my man, as always, Alex. What's going on, brother? What is going on, dude? So right now I'm looking at a window that got broken yesterday from the golf course. So I, I got... Uh, this is so I live right on a golf course and it's within a range, obviously. Clearly, now now we know for sure it's within range. <laughs> Striking people distance. are really bad at golf too. I could I could probably hit my place if I hit a bad shot too. But Bro, I've, I've, hit hit I've hit him. Oh yeah. I actually the last round I played, I was hitting it all over the place and I hit a few houses. It was <laughs> it was rough. But I come into yeah. my place yesterday, I was out and about and I come back in and like there's glass all over the place, and I'm like, what? at your place? Yeah. Oh, I walk no in, there's glass everywhere. Like literally, like if you look all the way across the the room, there's yeah. glass. There's still glass that I didn't clean up on the seat of my my bench over there. No way. There's still some on there. I haven't cleaned it up yet, but it was literally crazy. <laughs> A golf ball was like right over by my TV. It it just destroyed the glass <laughs> luckily it's not straight you know it's not glass glass it's like plexiglass so it was yeah you know it wasn't like i wasn't stepping around and coco's kennel is like right down here and so she had to scare the shit out of coco so i right it's but that's i guess that's a that's a con of living on a golf course is that you are within striking range of golf balls you're, I, I'm sure the office or where you live at, they're they're probably so used to replacing those, huh? Yeah, they have like a relationship with some glass company. I literally called somebody and they came, patched it up, put me on the list for for glass replacement. So it's they did a good job. They did a good job with it. But it's like, oh fuck! Now I'm like kind of in the back of my head thinking, I was like, what if that came through now? <laughs> like that yeah. is like this this window is like right here, like that. You might see Bro, me it's, it's, knocked it's, it's out cold. It's karma for the amount of houses that you've hit over your career, right? Probably. You're, like, you're, you're on the other side of it now. Yeah. <laughs> you're the owner. Exactly. What goes around comes around. You hit enough That's houses. Right. I've probably broken a window in my day, you know? Oh, dude. I've broken windows. I've, I've, I've chipped off sheetrock. Like, uh, you know, those, dude, I've done it for sure. I've done it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. But how are you doing, brother? I'm great, man. It's uh, uh, just finished my 16 week program. I was telling you, I'm gradually bumping up my calories so I can keep my results and fighting some strong cravings right now because my body likes the extra calories and it wants to just go, you know, foot to the floor on the gas pedal. And I got to pull back the reins a little bit and, you know, uh, show some control here. But other than that, it's going good, man. I wish the weather was a little bit better. The fish are biting really good right now, but it's just whether you want to go out and endure the elements because um, they're getting ready to that fall transition into the wintertime. They're getting ready to kind of slow down. So they're eating like crazy right now, which is a really good bite to go fish. But man, it's, it's cold, windy and wet out there, too. So got to be a window. Man, your it's ass going off. good. Yeah. How, yeah, how exactly. low did your calories go? Like how what was the lowest you brought your calories during the 60s? I pushed it. The lowest I pushed it to is 2,300. Okay. The majority of where I was at, I was for probably eight, nine weeks out of the 16 in total, I was at 2,700. Um, and then for those last half, last quarter, I split it between uh, 2,500. And then just the last two weeks, I went 2,300 and kind of just pushed it a little hard. Um which is crazy because I actually used to I used to maintain at twenty five to twenty seven hundred, and this time around, I was able to put myself in a caloric deficit at twenty five to twenty seven hundred. So that was a good feeling, and I was like losing weight quick, man. Like my body fat was going down quick. Where so, was your maintenance at then when you started? When you what did you build yourself up to before you went into the deficit? Yeah. So before originally I was at like 25, 2700, you know, it was really, and then I, I boosted it up gradually to 32 to 3300. 3300 was like my highest right there. I went over 3300, but then I started to gain a little too much and I didn't, I didn't like it. I was getting a little too heavy. So I was like, okay, I pulled back on that one just a little bit. Um, and I was only walking 6,000 steps too. So 
you know, it, I could have walked more and, you know, made my, my maintenance a little bit more doable with higher caloric intake, but I wasn't willing to, I was like, I just want to stay at 6,000 steps right now. I know that's not much. Um, and eating 3,300 calories with my resistance training, like I was maintaining right around 217, 218 on my body weight. Um, and then when I decided to go into a, a deficit, I cut down to 2,700 to start and man, it started coming right off. Like, so because I had been at 3,300 for like the last six months or so, five and a half, six months. So I was there for a while, which I haven't done in traditional like cuts or diets. I usually just go wherever I'm at. In this case, it would have been 2,700 and then take myself in a deficit, not knowing that I could have boosted my calories for a little bit longer there and like get more bang for my buck and get more fuel and use that energy in my workouts and focus on building muscle. Like, so this time I actually did that and man, it was literally the easiest diet that I've ever had. Like the going through those 16 weeks, super easy. Um, because I didn't feel like I was dieting. I'm like, dude, I used to maintain it 27, 2,500 and I'm losing body fat right now. So it was cool. It was fun. Dude, that's, that's the benefit of building those calories up, man. That's what mm -hmm. so many people out there just, they decide one day that they're going to lose weight and they just cut their calories. Right. Yeah. And, and then it takes such a longer process because they're probably not eating that much anyway. In the first place, they're probably not feeling that good. And so just taking that time, even if for just a few months, right? Like just taking yeah. a few months to build those calories up and focus on building muscle, getting yourself into a place where your body's burning more calories at rest. All of a sudden you go in and you see those amazing results like you did just literally melting off. Dude, if you could be patient, like the more patient you are in the process, it your your process becomes easier. And I've found that time and time again. I've found instances not only when I rush it, but when my clients rush it too and they want to go into it fast. That's why I'm more like strict with them now and really setting my foot down and telling them like, no, you're not ready. And like letting them go into a fat loss phase after they've earned it, after they've boosted their calories and they've been there for a really long time to the point where they're like, all right, this, these are the signs that I look for from my clients as if they're telling me like, all right, Matt, this is a lot of food to eat. Like this is a challenge. This has become a chore to eat this much food. Then I'm like, okay, cool. They're good. They're ready to go now. If they're not, and they're kind of just hanging out and they're like, all right, I'm ready to go into fat loss phase. And they're super eager and they're ready to diet and they want to lose weight and they signed up. And then that's what they're expecting. Um, I have to explain the, there's a process here, right? There's a sustainable process. You can make your life way easier by setting yourself up for success in a preseason phase is what I call it. Um, man, you can make your dieting experience so much more enjoyable, have so much more flexibility, uh, but it takes a little legwork up front. If you're willing to do that, I promise you your experience in fat loss will be so much more enjoyable. It'll be more fun. You'll have more flexibility. You won't have to cut your calories as low. Um, and then over that time of, uh, you know, 16 weeks, I gradually, I wanted to keep my calories as, at 2,700 as much as I possibly could. So what I started doing was just boosting my 6,000 steps to 7,000 to 8,000, right? So I could keep eating more food and keep getting results. So, you know, it's always a game of pulling those levers. I really didn't want to change my caloric intake at all. So I like kept it there for as long as I could, like nine and some weeks, like nine, 10 weeks, I kept them at 2,700 before I took it down to 25. And then the last two weeks, just for the hell of it, I took it down to 23 just cause I could, and I was trying to have fun with it. Um, I didn't need to, I was still, the, it was still moving in the right direction, but I just, it was more so a test for myself. Uh, but yeah, man. I love it, dude. Yeah. That patience is key. That's something I actually today, I was having struggle with patience today. I like yeah. yelled at somebody in the car. <laughs> took me took over two hours to for my oil change to happen so i was getting very impatient at the end oh yeah of it i was like oh my God, come on like, this is absurd i didn't bring anything either i assumed it was going to be like 45 minutes or an hour so i just yeah. brought my airpods and i was just my watching my battery just die basically because i was watching youtube <laughs> videos and doing a bunch of bullshit so mm -hmm. you were hangry oh I was actually, I didn't eat. It was a weird time. And so I actually, I ate like a little snack before and then it was, I was starving by the time I got back, but that oh, was yeah. probably it. I just was not, I was hungry. Yeah. What do you say we get into it? So we got alcohol today, guys, we got alcohol, big hot topic, right? I know when I started my, my fitness journey, I've talked about my struggles on this podcast a handful of times, probably a ton of times. Actually, I've talked about my struggles with alcohol 
and the fact actually about a month from today that we're recording, recording on November 6th, I'm actually reaching my two and a half months of sobriety. And so mm. just a, another little, little tiny milestone. And I actually talked about this on a different podcast episode, but the last month I got close to going back to drinking. It was, uh, I told you, Matt, like it was a bit of a struggle, just kind of a pileup of a bunch of different things all at once with the move down, down to Arizona and, uh, went into a little bit of a dark place, thought about drinking again, really, really glad I did not. But today we just, let's just dive into just first off our experiences on alcohol and then also just what it does to the body, which I think will probably come through, through our own experiences because, you know, everybody knows it's a poison right? Our body does not like alcohol. It's not necessarily something that we recommend consuming in large quantities. Obviously, fucking do you enjoy yourself? Like I'm never going to tell a client they can't, they can't drink. It's more or less like when it becomes a problem, right? I, I know for me, I've had clients where, you know, the drinking becomes a problem. It's like, well, here's why you're not seeing the results, right? You're drinking three, four, five days out of the week. Like if you want to see these fat loss results, we're going to have to put in these little guidelines, guardrails, right? Like some sort of limits on this thing, because for one alcohol, a lot of calories, right? Especially people are drinking beer, IPAs, two, 300 calories, you know, drinking these mixed drinks with like tons of sugar, like all this stuff you can easily get up to like four or 500 calories of some of these fucking drinks and they're loaded with sugar. And so like, let alone, let's not even talk about the alcohol side, literally just the, the calorie side of things. It's, it's going to pull you out of any sort of deficit and it's going to put you in a surplus pretty fucking quick. And then we go to the side of things that it's a poison. And the fact that it literally just puts everything, our body just puts everything else on hold until it fully metabolizes the alcohol. Right. And so like it's putting stuff in, it's going to have the alcohol go through before it even gets to any of our, you know, protein, fats, carbs that it's going to try to digest later on. But Matt, what, you know, as far as alcohol is concerned, do you drink? How much do you drink? What are your experiences when it comes to like health and fitness and including alcohol in there? Yeah, personally, I don't drink. So it's been a long time, man, since like years since the last time I had a drink or sip of alcohol. Um, and the reason for that is I used to drink quite a bit. So not, not like excessively where I was out of control, High school I did, college for sure, absolutely. Um, and then would occasionally after that, like events, birthday parties, whatever, just going out. Um, but for me personally, I noticed how far it put me back and set me back. I was super into health and fitness. I was super into improving my physique and my body and my health overall. And I always had these mental battles with myself personally, like where I would go out and don't get me wrong. We would have a blast when we go out. Like It is super fun, but it started taking me longer and longer to recover. So if I had plans or ambitions of going to the gym and working out the next day or even in the next two days, and I noticed I would be sluggish. I noticed that when I would drink alcohol, I would also consume more food too. And so that was a big thing that was in company with not just alcohol itself and poisoning my body, but I would overeat calories. I would not even pay attention to what I was eating. Um, you usually go for the quickest option that's out when you're out and about. Right. Um, and so you can easily undo any hard work that you were doing for those first, you know, let's say Monday through Friday, five days. And then immediately on a Saturday or Sunday, like you can, I mean, holy cow, you can go way over your caloric intake. Right. And I wasn't even conscious or aware of it. I was more so the thing for me was how far it set me back, how I didn't even feel like going to the gym to work out the next day or the, the 48 hours after. Um, and then when I did my, my lifts would be half ass. I would, I, I just knew I wasn't myself. I didn't feel like myself when I was in the gym, you would smet, you would sweat and smell like alcohol, like it's coming through your pores. Like, and so for me, it was a, a matter of time of how long was I going to continue to keep doing that for? What's more important here? Um, and and every time I would tell myself, every time this happened multiple times, it was like, all right, this is the last time you're going to do this, right? And then the next weekend would come around and I'd do it again. All right, this is the last time. And so eventually, eventually I had to put my foot down. And this is just a conversation I had to have with myself was like, how many more times are you going to do this, dude? Like, 
you've earned this. Like you are literally making your bed and laying in it right now, each and every single time you do this. How many more times are you going to keep telling yourself that this is the last time until eventually it was the last time? And now I'm not just like super hardcore, 100% not drinking. And then, you know, uh, it's not like this super binary thing. Like I, I'll, I'll have a drink if it's on occasion or something like that. I just don't have a desire to do it because for me, it's more important to have my body feeling amazing, feeling great, feeling high energy, feeling consistent in my routine, being able to work out the next day um, and not have to have that stuff sweating out your pores and affecting your lift and just feeling like shit. I did that too many times to the point where it just was like enough's enough <laughs> like, for me. If I didn't work out and I didn't, you know, uh, train or treat my body with respect and I just really didn't care about that. And I was kind of just going through the motions and having fun took priority over that. Then I'd probably keep doing it, but it, it didn't for me. Like it, it was not worth it to me. Um, and that's nothing against anybody who does that. It just for me personally, my choice, I was just like, there's, there's not enough upside here. If the upside for me is the only thing is just having fun. And I'm relying on that to have fun in order to have fun. Like my pro my priorities are screwed up. I got to like reassess and like have a conversation with myself in the mirror and like, and really just assess what's most important. And so that's like kind of my journey with it. Um, what about you, man? I know you have a pretty expansive relationship with it and you've, you've gone through some battles, but what about you? What are your thoughts when it comes to alcohol? I relate a lot with all that. I mean, I, you know, as I've said on this podcast, I mean, the reason I quit alcohol was I just couldn't stop. Like when I started drinking, it was tell while I went to sleep, right? It was just, I didn't have that quit. Like it just, I could not control Same. it. So it was like either I did it and I just got obliterated, right? Or I didn't do it. So like I, I didn't drink every day. Like my addiction wasn't like seven days a week, like some people's, because I think I actually talked about this potentially last week on the pod or a few weeks ago, whenever we recorded that last podcast that, um, that we did just on what we're doing in our life and body dysmorphia and, uh, discipline, all that stuff that we talked about where I struggled, where I would, I would have like a alcohol addiction, but I also had like a body addiction to where it was, three days of just binge drinking combined with binge eating. And then it was four days of just complete restriction, killing myself in the gym, trying to get my mm. body back to where it was. And that just ruined me over time. Right. Cause it was just stress combined with more stress, right. It was like the mm. stress of drinking, the stress of over consuming food and alcohol and all of this shit. And then the stress of we're going to bring our calories down to 1200. We're going <laughs> to do these absolutely insane workouts in the gym and see how many calories we can burn. And oh, yeah. like, it just was, it was just craziness. Oh yeah. And what I realized, like, I, I'm not a big fan of, of alcohol. I'm not going to ever tell somebody they, they shouldn't do it. Or, you know, I, especially people that can control it. I always wish I could have controlled it. Like, I think that there's a social aspect to it. That's cool. Right. Like just the ability to have a drink. Like if I had the ability to just have a nice glass of like scotch or like whiskey or whatever on the rocks, like that would be pretty cool. I think I just know that I can't. So like, I, I just, I know myself now and I know also that like starting to do it and starting going down that road, I look back at the rock bottom that I hit, right? I look back at those times and that was like the darkest moments of my life. It was mm -hmm. really, really dark. And like my, my view on the whole thing is just that I actually used to track when I was drinking towards the end, I had a whoop. And I would track, you know, the sleep, my recovery score and that really, cause I always, before that I knew like the effect that it had on you, right? It was like, obviously you wake up, you feel like shit. Sometimes, sometimes you'd feel like shit till like 7 PM, right? Like, did you ever have those days where it was like, you're just hung over till 7 PM, complete fucking waste of the day. You yeah. generally you order a bunch of dog shit because you can't move. Like, it's just like, or you don't eat at all. Like I could barely, I had some days where I couldn't even drink water, right? Like I, yeah. I felt so shitty and that, how many times, like you said, how many times do you have to do that before you're like, okay, like this isn't fun, right? Like last night was kind of fun. Like <laughs> it was fun to a certain point. Like you do some stupid ass shit, right? Like yeah. I, the amount of dumb shit that I've done drinking is absurd, oh, right? Like some of the stupidest fucking shit where it's like, what, like, 
Like why? Like what were we, we got thinking? We got to at least tell one story each. We got to. <laughs> I'll tell like, you what's one. something that you did. Actually, bro. I was like, actually thinking of this. So like <laughs> I was thinking of this today because have you ever like walked on the street or whatever, walk somewhere and you see like one shoe sitting on yep. the street, right? Just like, <laughs> like who loses a fucking shoe, right? Like yeah. who loses a shoe? And I understand like. <laughs> Nobody should lose a shoe unless it's like a kid's shoe. Like sometimes it's a kid's shoe. I'm like, okay, like it just right. dropped off its foot. It dropped yeah. off his or her foot, right? But for me, I remember one time in college, I think this might have actually been senior year of college, and we were walking to a house party, and there was like mud or something. I don't know what. Like I, I stepped in the mud. My shoe <laughs> comes off, right? Like my shoe comes. I couldn't find it in the mud. And so, like, I threw my other shoe out, and I was walking around in my socks the rest, the rest of the day. Like, we went to this party, and this was actually, like, I think it was kind of, like, a, a hard-o period of life. Like, whatever this was. Like, I or actually, no, I was protecting somebody, and I we got in, like, a fight, actually. So, I had gotten a fight in socks. Like, just absolutely obliterated, and that was yep. just stupid. But I lost my shoes. How do you lose your shoes? Bro. And so like walking around the street in socks and all this shit, like that's the tip. I'm I'm like there's some dumbass stories that I'm not gonna tell because I don't my parents listen yeah. to this and I don't want them to yeah. fucking to hear them. But that was just Same. one I was actually thinking about earlier today when I saw somebody's random shoe sitting on the side of the road. And I remember mm -hmm. that we were doing an alcohol episode as so I was like, <laughs> I remembered when I lost my shoes. <laughs> You're like, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, exactly. <laughs> But I've lost my you? shirt. That's for sure. Oh. I've lost my shirt. I feel like the shirt and, uh, comes off a lot, especially if you bro, feel good about your body. Off. Like, you know, you, you go, you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Like the women have bro. to see me with my shirt off. Start doing push-ups before you walk in the party, like getting the pump going. Shirt's coming off at some point. Uh, yeah, dude. I, the one I think of is like um, <laughs> down, down by our, our on-campus housing that we used to have was every was it friday or saturday i can't remember friday or saturday one of those days the next day was garbage day right so like all the 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 trash cans would be aligned up on the curbs like all the way down uh the whole the entire street you know a couple hundred yards and we would go out and uh we'd be out super late you know you're going from on campus housing to housing so you're walking along the streets and for some reason we got into we it's always a competition between you and the boys, right? Always. And so we got on the topic of football for some reason, like who was, who was the best in high school and like who, you know, who was the fastest and like who could sack who, if you, if you were a, a defensive player, like what position would you be? And we got on the topic of defensive end somehow and we started arguing and then we started seeing who would be the best, who could put the best swim move on a, on a garbage can and then you had to go sack the quarterback which was the next garbage can so you had to put a swim move you had to show your best move on the first one and then go stick a garbage can we did that all the way down the street so there's trash all over the street garbage cans flipped upside down like bro i probably didn't have a shirt on like you think back to this stuff that we were doing was just insane dude we swim move garbage cans put a hit stick on them trash flying everywhere like dude no, but I mean, I said, I'll say this, it was fun. It was super fun. But when you had that liquid courage inside of you and all, all of a sudden you felt like nothing could stop you, that was like dangerous too, especially with like college athletes, you're in a position where you guys are in super good shape, right? Like your athletic bodies, you put some liquid courage inside of them. They're going to feel like nothing in the world can touch them. And then if they're together in a group, it's just like a group of absolute gargoyles together like just get out of their way you know and so we're just a wrecking crew man um yeah there's a lot of stories i'll keep them pg though because i know parents listen to this too oh yeah we actually had my my junior year i think of we had like a or my junior or senior year i don't remember what it was we had like a fucking it was like a wrestling. It was like all the the boys on the baseball team, like literally every every grade of our baseball team, because that was it was actually really cool. My my junior and senior year, our team was like like really tight knit, 
which is why we were actually really, really successful is we had like the freshmen and the seniors, like, and everybody were like really, really close and would mm-hmm. like go to the same parties. I mean, we'd even go to the parties with the guys before we go out to the bars. Like we'd go like hang out with everybody, but we had nice. like, it was almost like an initiation. I don't know how this even happened, but we started like, it was like wrestling matches in like full on wrestling matches in, in like one of the guys' houses between all of the baseball guys, which could have probably ended pretty badly. But yeah. I think one guy got choked out actually. Like it was, it was a bad situation, but not, nobody ended up getting hurt, which was good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it literally, it, you know, it numbs your inhibitions. Everybody's done stupid shit. You potentially end up in jail like I did. I ended up in jail. Oh, did you? Um, one night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got a minor consumption, ran from the cops, ended up in jail. <laughs> Stupid. Like, just You're like, it on it, foot. Right? Huh? Just like, yeah. I mean, I could sit here. We could like have like a five hour podcast and I could oh, yeah, tell you every fucking story. And, and it I was, just wanted to go yeah. one and one. We had to at least tell yeah. one. Well, yeah. I'm not going to tell anything else. But, but yeah, yeah, basically, oh, what I was saying before we even went to the stories was like, I used to track like my whoop, right? Like, you get the sleep score, you get the recovery score. And I remember waking up like after drinking, like even, even a few drinks, right. And your recovery would just be fucked. Your sleep would be terrible. And then on the flip side of that, waking up after getting obliterated binge drinking and my recovery sometimes would be 1%. Like my sleep would be, you know, you'd be in bed for nine hours and it would say that you slept for three hours, right? Like you're (laughs) just like, it's completely broken sleep. It's terrible for your recovery. And that would be like that for two, three days, right? Before your body finally gets back into it. And so you think about you're doing that and even a few drinks really messes up your sleep, really messes up your recovery. You're not going to feel good. You know, you have these hangovers when you really go at it. And as you get older, you know, the hangovers only seem to get worse and worse, right? It's like you just kind of, you talk to, to people. It's like, oh, like I always just feel like complete shit after I have a few glasses of wine, right? It just can, seems to do a lot more damage on people. As they get older, I'm sure that's probably dependent on the person, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's going to do a lot of damage over time. And then, you know, just, I talked about briefly, but just the fact that it's so easy to pull yourself into a calorie surplus, you know, it's not going to, it's, it's nearly impossible to, to like drink heavily and see fat loss, right? Like, I feel yeah. like if you're going to, if you're going to drink, you really got to keep it to a few drinks and really give yourself, I've always found with some of my clients that struggle with alcohol a little bit more, I've, I've found that having like a limit is a really, really good thing where you kind of have that number where it's like, this is my weekly number. Maybe, you know, maybe you only drink on Saturday, Fridays and Saturdays or something like that. And, you know, this is my number on Fridays and Saturdays. And for some people it's going to be hard, right? Like it's like, Oh, well I got, you know, all the peer pressure from the boys and whatever. Cause you always get all of that, right? With dudes pushing, which I was always that pusher, but, if you, what you really got to understand is that like, if you, what do you really want? Right. Like you, you told, told about how, you know, you used to drink, you just figured out over time that it was just going against what you really wanted. You wanted to feel mm-hmm. good. You wanted to look good. You had health and fitness goals, you know, all that shit. Well, if you want, if you really, really want that, then alcohol is going to have to take some sort of backseat. And that's not to say that you can't go at it, you know, on special occasions, but what I found is that the special occasions are all the time for a lot of people, right? It's like every weekend's a special occasion, every wedding, every holiday. And when that's the case, you're just, you're just really pushing yourself back all the time. You know, maybe if you have like the big major holidays, as special occasions, like that's probably reasonable, right? Like new year's, like the thing is, is all of them are on like a two week span. <laughs> you know, it's like Thanksgiving yeah. and then you got Christmas and then you have new year's and, like all that shit, but I don't know. I don't plan on drinking again, but that's, you know, like I said, it's just a matter of people really deciding what they truly want. And if alcohol fits into that equation, cool. But if you decide that you really want to feel really, really good and sleep good on a regular basis and really maximize your potential in the gym and maximize your health and maximize the number of years you have, then then you're really minimizing it is probably going to be the best idea for sure. And like I, the relationship that I have with it doesn't have to be the same relationship that my clients have with it too. So my clients have different relationships with it, but it all comes back to this. I always tell them like, I'll never 
be the person to tell them, just like you said, like, you're not going to say don't have it or like it's completely off limits. Understand it doesn't, it's not of service to your body. You're literally putting poison in your body. And if you understand that and you choose to still do that, then I'm completely fine with it because we've already addressed it. Right. And so I always say to my clients when they're trying to navigate through it, if they do enjoy doing it for social aspects and things like that, it always comes down to the amount of control that they have when they decide to do it. Are they being peer pressured by a family member or their friend or, you know, to something that they don't really want to do and they're doing it more so to fit in, or are they doing it strategically? Like you said, where they're like, okay, I set a limit for myself in a span of seven days. Like I'm allowed two drinks, right? Or when I go out, I'm, I'm allowed my two drinks. If that's the case, that's a way bigger difference of intentionality and being in control of your situation. And now you hold the reins, like you are in complete control versus you going out, you not having a game plan. You can easily be persuaded left or right. There is no limitation on the amount of drinks that you're consuming, which leads to other things like the consumption of food that comes along with that mindlessly eating. And so if you're in those situations where you feel like you don't have control or there's a lack of control, then there's a bigger issue that needs to be addressed there. Now, if you go out, and you have extreme intentionality and you're like, okay, I'm going to limit myself to three drinks, right? And I can have those three drinks. And then after that, you switch over to a club soda and lime or, you know, something, you know, whatever you, you, you choose to do, which is what I'm a big fan of. I, I always do the club soda and lime. It looks like I have a drink. I don't get questioned by people like, you know, and they just, I like stick to my own and, and they're like, oh, he is having a drink and I'm not drinking. Um, so that's, that's a little trick that I do, but, um, as long as you are intentional with your decision making, I'm all for it. So if you still want to include it in your life and you're like, this is something that I, I do, I really enjoy to kind of let my hair down and relax. It's the way I socialize with my friends. Okay. I'm going to ask you to put some parameters around it so that when you choose to do that, you are still in control of your situation, your scenario, you're making your bed and you're laying with it. And you're also agreeing that by doing that, you're accepting the repercussions that come with it tomorrow. To your point, your sleep's going to be like shit. If you have a planned workout tomorrow, you are also accepting that you're still going to make your workout. You're still going to make that commitment to yourself, knowing that it's going to be a less than ideal workout because of what you chose to do the previous night before. And if you can check off all those boxes and you're okay with that, I'm like, boom, go ahead. You can do it, right? It's the people that mindlessly do it who don't have control, uh, who get easily persuaded by the, the group of people or the crowd that they're the environment that they put themselves in. And it's not just the multiple drinks that they end up consuming, overshooting their calories, which lead to them poisoning their body, which lead to shitty sleep patterns, which lead to them affecting the following day, let alone the extra calories that they're going to consume during that night too, just mindlessly eating. That's somebody who's not in control of their situation, their scenario and, and their, um, the things that are going on. Right. And so there's a huge difference between those two people. And I always try to reframe it and have people look at scenarios of it all comes down to also the size of the tree trunk. Right. So if we're chopping down, if you're choosing to drink alcohol, which is a form of an ax, which is going to chop at your tree trunk, how well have you developed the tree trunk? How much damage is that ax going to do? Are you going to go completely off the rails? And that is going to be a super big ax swinging on a very small tree trunk because you haven't done your, your experience and repetitions and due diligence and leading up to this and, and building a really huge tree trunk. Like if somebody looks at me, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but if somebody looks at me and, and I'm drinking, um, that is a very small ax chipping into a very big tree trunk. If somebody is not in control of their scenario and they're consuming mindlessly their drinks and they're just getting started in their health and fitness, they're swinging a huge ax on this little twig, right? So that thing's going to be chopped right in half. So you got to take into consideration like experience and where you're at in your journey with health and fitness in relationship to the alcohol that you're choosing to consume. So a lot of times we're just looking at the tip of the iceberg, right? So a blanket statement would be like, oh, he's super in shape and he's fit and he's choosing to drink alcohol. You also don't see that this is one or two times that I drink alcohol throughout the entire year, right? And so you, you may just be looking at somebody's tip of the iceberg versus making a blanket statement going, oh, he's doing it, so that's okay. I just started my health and fitness journey. It must be cool to keep drinking alcohol because he's doing it. It's like, just make sure you're looking at somebody's 
entire story. What's the size of their tree trunk in the, in relationship to the ax that's chopping them down or they're choosing to get chopped down by because everybody's story is different. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they associate if somebody's super fit or healthy in shape and they get results um, or results that you aspire to have and you see them doing the thing that you're hesitant on doing, which in this case is alcohol, um, you got to take into to consideration the entire story, their their relationship with it. How many times did they do it throughout the year, right? It's always going to be deeper than surface level. So I think that's a huge mistake that people make as they see somebody fit and healthy, like drinking alcohol, and they immediately give themselves the checkbox of like, oh, yeah, I can do this. It's like, well, yeah, you can, but it's, it's a lot deeper than that. So I think looking at each individual situation and scenario and not being quick to like compare yourself to somebody else uh, will set you up. It just all comes back to intentionality and control with your individual situation and scenario. If you choose to include alcohol, um, you know, in, in, in your routine. Yeah, man. I love the tree trunk analogy. And I also love the fact that you talked about control and that's huge, you know, really taking a look in the mirror for anybody out there and really that like, do you have control over the alcohol? Cause I think that a lot of people don't, I think like what reasons are you drinking for too? Right. I, I think it's cool to, have a few drinks socially and I'm never going to tell anybody what to do, right? Like you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. But like, if you do, like, it is easy to have a problem with it, right? I think there's probably a lot more people that do have a problem with alcohol out there than are actually admitting it. And for me, it took me a long time to really admit to myself. I did have a problem, right? That it was actually like, I couldn't control myself. I had questioned it for a while, had journaled about it, but I never really admitted it to myself for a while down the road. I didn't want to, right? I just like, I wanted to just keep doing what I was doing. I thought it was something that just made me more fun, that made me enjoy things more. I thought that like I needed it to talk to women. I thought that I needed it to, to like just a lot of, there's a lot of things, right? Like to dance, right? I needed it to be able to get out there and dance, love dancing, but it's like, oh, you got to get a certain amount of alcohol in you before you can really get out there and rip the dance floor up, right? All of these different things. And it's like, oh, at what point, Am I really relying on this thing as a source of something that I really have inside of me? Right. And so it's kind of just take a look in the mirror there. And then also one thing I wanted to talk about was just like making the right decisions or making better decisions when drinking. Right. I think that's a huge thing where, you know, if you're, if you really want to help yourself out, you know, stay away from the high calorie beers and the, the high calorie mixers, like mixing with pop and mixing with mm -hmm. a lot of these sugary, drinks right try to do it on the rocks try to mix with soda like this this type of stuff is gonna you know maybe a white claw or all, one of those a million different seltzers out there that are like 100 calories <laughs> yeah. are a pretty good way but also track it right if you're really trying to see goals yeah make sure you're tracking it like track the calories for it if you're tracking macros um what you can do is kind of track it under carbs or fat that was a, a way that i've used with clients that that I've had use macros in the past is, is tracking it under like carbs or fat. Now, if mm -hmm. you do calories and protein, which is generally the easiest way to do it, a lot less stressful um, for most people don't necessarily need to worry about the, the amount of carbs and fat that you're, that you're eating. Um, just try to get enough protein in and make sure you're hitting around your calorie goal. Then just make sure you're, you're tracking those calories that are coming from the alcohol. Cause you'll be really, really surprised. You have a night where, you drink like, you know, a few, a few drinks that could easily add up to being five, 600, 700 calories pretty fucking quickly, even just a few drinks. And so you think about, I think about some of the days back in my drinking days where I was having like 20 beers, right? Like mm -hmm. that's, <laughs> that's a solid two two K plus calorie. Like it's, yeah. that's like 3000 calories. And that's not to mention yeah. the fact of you, what you're talking about just over consuming tons of food, pretty easy to rack up a 10,000 calorie night oh, just with a pizza, you know, you eat the whole pizza and, you know, like anything salty always is just seems to just funnel into your mouth. You get some chips, a bag of chips is just gone. Yep. Like any sort of sweets, like it's just so all everything. It almost felt like for me when I was drinking that like food just did not fill you up. It was just, you could continue eating and consuming food just nonstop. And so right. just watch it. You know, I'd say like, just watch it, put those parameters around it, try to help yourself out when you go out and, and just really just look yourself in the mirror and really, can you stop, right? Like take a month off, 
if you if you can't that that was a really big alarming thing for me was I tried to do no no or us sober January for like three years in a row and I failed three years in a row. Like you should like you can't like you can't stop like that that's a problem right like I, yeah. I couldn't I failed three years in a row even when I had bets on it with people I'd pay them like just like it that's a pretty big red flag right like if you fail all that like that's a but if you can stop like there's some there's people that like they drink heavily here and there but then they can stop for like three months right yeah awesome if you have control over it and you and you do it knowingly and willingly and whatever cool but if you don't like it it can get off the rails and it kind of it doesn't happen overnight it can happen over the course of years but eventually it can it can ruin people's lives man it can mm -hmm. really ruin people's lives if you let it so i would just challenge everybody out there to just really be careful because it is something that and don't fucking drive don't be that fucking loser yeah that fucking drives i literally hate that more than anything like just yeah. people that drunk drive first off like you could kill other people on the road you could kill people in the car like it's just fucking terrible and there's no reason for it there's uber there's lyft there's a million different fucking ways it's going to cost you a shit ton of money and also it could cost you ending up in jail for your life if you end up killing somebody so like yeah just just buy a fucking uber for whatever it costs it's going to be a lot cheaper than whatever but i've always hated people seem to just get that confidence built up with drunk driving where they're like oh i can do it like whenever i want to and i keep getting home but it's just that one fucking time all it takes is one time where you just you something happens you just something something fucked up happens and you end up either getting dui end up hitting somebody like yeah it, there's a lot of different things that could go wrong for sure man i think it just comes down to having that tough conversation with yourself uh, are you consuming alcohol because you actually enjoy it and you enjoy what comes along with it and you're willing to accept everything that comes with it good bad and ugly great if you're failing to acknowledge that because you're ignorant, meaning like you're, let's say you're in my program and there's a couple clients know who I'm talking about when we, when I mention this, but they're lights out Monday through Friday on the weekends, they have a tendency to go out and drink every weekend. And then when the next week rolls around, they're wondering why the scale didn't move when, well, you can see my food Monday through Friday. I'm like, yeah, you have zeros on Saturday and Sunday. I highly doubt that you didn't consume any calories on Saturday and Sunday, let alone the, the amount of drinks, because I'm looking on your Instagram story and it looks like you had a great time, you know? And so you have to really ask yourself, like, have those tough conversations with yourself. That's the only person you can really have the conversation with. You can't go, okay, is so-and-so going to hate me because I decide to limit my, my alcohol consumption here or so-and-so going to think of, you know, me in, in a different way. Like you have to own your shit. And when you own it and you still choose to do it, that's totally different. That's fine. Like, you, I mean, you're, you're making your bed and you're laying in it. Right. And so when you can do that and you have full ownership of it, chances are you probably have chose to include it and you've created some guardrails around yourself. Like Alex was saying, you know the amounts that you're consuming. You're not mindlessly eating food in, in combination with drinking alcohol. Like everything's being accounted for, or you're giving yourself a limit. You, you know, you, in some way, shape or form, you're giving yourself some short sort of guardrails to keep on. And when you can do that, that just shows that you're in control of your situation and scenario. But the second you start pointing the finger or blaming and taking that victim mentality and creating no awareness around what you're consuming, both from an alcoholic standpoint and then uh, from a caloric standpoint at the same time, because those usually enhance each other uh, and you're, you're pointing and you're blaming, that's a conversation you have to have with yourself. That's what I'm talking about. That's when you're being ignorant to your situation that's going on and you're choosing not to take accountability in your own situation. And when you do that, um, it's easy to point the finger and keep doing and rep repeating what you've been doing. And you're just kind of going down this vicious cycle. There's no end to it. Uh, so if you do want to make change and you do want to hold yourself accountable, uh, I encourage you to have those tough, challenging conversations with yourself and ask yourself, is this serving me? Is this getting me closer? Do I absolutely 100% need to include this in my routine? Um, to feel satisfied at the end of the day. And the, if the answer is yes, then you probably can do it and create some guardrails around it for yourself and still get amazing, phenomenal results. And a lot of my clients do that. They choose to include alcohol still and they still crush it. And now could they crush it even more without including that? 
absolutely they could. But if it keeps them sane by including it and they have a different level of intentionality and control around it um, and they can control what they're consuming, um, it's, it's a totally different story. That's a totally different scenario than somebody who is mindlessly going through it and um, chooses to point the finger, doesn't want to take accountability on. Um, again, those are opportunities for a tough, tough conversation to have with yourself. And eventually at some point, I know for me, it took so many times to have that conversation because I was failing to have it with myself. I was just like, oh, I made it past this weekend and I got through it. We'll be good for another few days until the next weekend comes around. And then I repeat it again. And I'm like, oh, I should have that conversation with myself. Do I really want to do this? Um, and then, and then I breeze by it and then here comes another week. And it's like this cycle where I keep just like brushing it under the rug until you finally own it, look yourself in the mirror and just have that conversation with yourself. And you'll figure out whether you want to continue to include it with some guardrails and some parameters around it. And you still like the social aspect of it, which by all means, like totally, absolutely keep including it in if you can. Um, you, you might also find that it doesn't serve you at all whatsoever. And either way, I just encourage you to have that conversation with yourself. Um, and then that way you can go into what the choices that you're making with absolute confidence and conviction um, that you are doing exactly what you set out to do. It's nobody else's, you know, nobody else is in control. Nobody else is taking advantage of your situation and scenario. You are making your bed and lying in it and you're taking full accountability for regardless of what situation you decide to do. And if you do that, you can be successful both ways with alcohol and without it. Hell yeah, dude. No, I think the only thing I have to add is like for those people that do want to include it in, if you have those bigger, bigger weekends planned, you know, one thing you can do is first off, like eat a quality balanced meal before going out. Mm. Like, that can help. And then also make sure you're fucking mixing in those waters. That's going to yep. help the next day, right? Like kind of even alternating. I've always recommended clients, like if you're having like some drinks, like alternate waters, like alternate a water and you're going to thank yourself tomorrow and like it really really helps with the hangover third if you can now this is for people that can some people can't do this you can always like if you're planning like you're like saturday's a big day right it's like a, it's one of my big days like i'm gonna go at it you can always peel back some calories earlier in the week say you're in yeah. like a if you're in a certain type of phase like a fat loss phase and you have something coming up like it's like your own wedding or you know one of these times where it's like fucking go nuts right like just do mm -hmm. it like i like i I don't ever want, like, if you have your wedding or if you have these big fucking day, like, and this isn't for the people that every day is a big fucking day, right? That's like, that's, <laughs> but there's like certain things where it's like, I recommend, all right, like, if you want to go at, like, forget about the calories, but you can always set yourself up for success by peeling back even like a hundred calories from each meal, mm -hmm. like, or like something as simple as that for somebody who's eating enough and who isn't hungry while doing that could be a really good move to give yourself another fucking thousand calories on Saturday. Right. And then you kind of, you give yourself a little bit more of a, a little bit more room to, to have that fun. Right. Which you can also not do that and be perfectly fine and get back on it on Sunday and get back to it. That's cool as well. But I always love to give people the option because that does work really well for certain people. Totally. And that's, that's going to what we were talking about earlier. It's like you being in control of your situation and your scenario. That's very intentional. That's very like planning ahead. That's being in control of your situation. That's not letting other people dictate how many drinks you're drinking. Like you're, that's your version of keeping the guardrails on. And if you can do that, like, man, you can, you can in, enjoy those situations and those scenarios and kind of just let your hair down and relax and do so feeling like, not guilty about your situation and your scenario, like you and actually enjoy it. Um, now, if you do have those one-off scenarios, that one thing that's only going to happen that one time, that wedding, that's totally different, right? Like you can just go off the rails, have fun. That's great. Just understand it comes with repercussions. Where I think you're you're more so, and I'm more so talking about the people who instead of your birthday, it's your birthday month, right? And so yeah. every weekend is like you're, you're looking for an excuse to party, right? Like yeah. those half are the people birthday. we're talking to. Like half yeah. birthday, like it's like, like yeah, bro. No, it's your dog's birthday. Like yeah, yeah no, uh -uh. It's your, yeah, you're it's your half birthday, like. If you're looking for excuses to to drink, like we're we're talking to you guys, right? So, uh, but the one-off situations and scenarios, like go ham, go hard, have fun. Uh, but yeah, if you're looking at including this on like a more routine basis, or you find yourself 
making excuses to drink. Like, oh, I had a stressful day at work. It was like, well, every day is going to be stressful, right? It's like, oh, every, every night's wine night, you know? Um, I think the people that really, specifically my clients that have success with it and they include it almost like on a weekly basis is they account for it. I'm thinking of one client in particular. She knows when they have book club and they like to drink wine every night on book club, she limits herself to two glasses of wine and she includes it in her caloric intake understands the repercussions that come with it, but it's very, really important for her to enjoy book club. And that's part of the social aspect. And, and she makes it work and she continuously trends in the right direction, but she also is able to include part of that life that during her week, that's really important for her. And I'm all for it because she's extremely intentional about it. Um, and I'm a fan of that. And so mm -hmm. if you can put yourself in those kind of scenarios, just understand it is possible to continue to have success and include alcohol in it. Um, don't let me persuade you just because I'm telling you my story and I don't drink it at all. Like that's, that's like on one side of the spectrum, but on occasion, I absolutely will. I just don't find it like on a weekly routine basis to benefit me at all. That doesn't mean it's not the same scenario for Alex or the same scenario for you guys. Like you guys have to make your own bed and lay in it. And I just encourage you to be really intentional about your situation, your scenario. And if you can do that, you can choose to drink or not to drink and you can be totally fine with it. So I love it, dude. Yeah. I don't have anything else. I think that's really good. Like it's great. Yeah. Hopefully this has been enjoyable. Hopefully there's some good tips for you, for anybody out there who, uh, who wants to include it in, in their plan, which is like we said, perfectly fine. Like it's, it's something that is, is just, you got to make the choice yourself and, and hopefully you have control over it. That's just what we want. And, um, thank you so much everybody for, for watching and listening. If you enjoyed this, share it with a friend, like, subscribe. We drop every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you have any comments, if you want any certain topics in the future, make sure you drop those on our YouTube as well. And we'll make sure we get to those. You can ask questions as well. If you have certain questions, we'll probably, we'll have to do a and a episode here soon, Matt, and just kind of ask some questions to our, uh, our social media and um, kind of see Absolutely. how we can answer some stuff. But if you have any questions, drop those in the comments of our YouTube here. But otherwise, thanks again for watching, listening. We really appreciate you all out there and uh, hope you have a good rest of your week.